Welcome back to Movie Talks. This is Daniel. This is Ernest. And uh, how's your week's been, Ernest? It's been a long week, man. Long week. I'm just exhausted from work. Have you seen like any interesting movies? Uh, I mean, I've been watching movies throughout the week. I'm trying to. I I don't know why I forgot the one I watched before today, but 1917 I had watched just before I came here. Well, I mean, you told me earlier you went to uh, the theater. Yeah, that was last uh, last Saturday. I want to say last Friday, one of those. Yeah, what you watch? Knock at the cabin. Oh, M Night. So, uh, without any spoilers, because I'm sure we're gonna talk about more. Wait, what is, is it? A pure M Night movie. When you say pure M Night, what do you what do you refer? It means to? that it has a good a good starting point, and then as soon as they get to ending, is like. <laughs> All right. So with Knock at the Cabin, I'll say, the entire film was uh, pretty entertaining, but just like any other M Night film, so it, bits and pieces in there are scattered uh which are you know you're not going to be a fan of like explaining things that we don't need to be explained did he explain the ending when Uh, he shouldn't have to pretty much yes see this is no spoilers but no but this is my problem always with m night movie the only ones that did not really do it was uh unbreakable and not too much sixth sense but sixth sense the uh the ending was very just out there and we just like oh okay and then it goes back and it tells but that's no. how it used to be with him, and for some reason, something I think the studios are getting too involved, or what? No, you don't. He uh, he funds his own movies now. Well, not that one. See, the, with the visit, he did. He, yeah, he funded his own film. Uh, Split, same. But after that, I think the studios kind of get too much involved and see offer him all this again, money, and he just goes wild. See, this is what happens: studio gets involved, and then the movie sucks. Okay. Um, but what is? Do you have like a? A routine or a, a specific thing you do when you go to movies. For me, it's more just I always get medium popcorn, large soda, and maybe milk duds if I have. Not milk, yeah, milk duds and dips. That's my ritual. Nah, see, I'm just I'm just a popcorn guy. I don't need all the all the candy, all the no drinks. No, well, yeah, of course I have to have a sprite with me, a large sprite. You ever did the whole like nowadays where you can have alcohol in the theater? I don't drink, so or I no longer drink. So, but before, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I used you to said you you have wet one. my whistle and go and <laughs> enjoy the film. Yeah, I see for that. I I never did it. I always wondered. Like, I always thought it would be wouldn't feel right. You know, I've always had to have a soda. Like, there's some things that for me, it has to be the same, or I won't feel like you know. It would be a little weird if you got some popcorn without a soda, you know. Well, yeah, you get your, <laughs> in your mouth. <laughs> what about uh, when you pick your seats? Do you ever have to have like like a specific seat that you have to be in? For sure. Oh, well, uh, not a specific number or you know letter number. It just oh, has yeah. to be on the outside. I don't want to walk past anybody else. D- despite recliner seats and all that, I gotta yeah. be on the outside. See, I was before the middle seat person. Mm-hmm. I would before we know we had assigned seatings. I'd always have to pick the one right in the. I'll, I'll tell all my family members, hold on. I'll pick the seats. Follow me. So you're the guy. So when I first went to my uh, theater by myself, you know, I'm by myself, uh, or seemingly so on the, you know how it shows you on the apps, which seats are available, which ones are taken. Yes. So I picked one that was completely in solitude. And when I come, there's that guy, you, yeah. right in the middle. Right and in I'm the like, middle. you had to be right next to me. Like, Bro, I will have, I, when we uh, went to, I think it was Star Wars, for, for, no, Force Awakens, mm-hmm. my whole family went, and we took a whole row and my ass was in the middle. I'm like, I'm in the middle. I bought the tickets. Y'all can have the sides. 
Well, at least you knew him, you know. Well, yeah, but still. But see, now I have this thing, okay? Because I don't like people sitting next to me. So I would sit at the very end, but I would sit, like, instead of one, I'll sit two. So no one can sit. So I'll have, like, there'll be one seat next to the aisle. I'll choose a seat after it, just so no one can sit. (laughs) Well, that would have probably been me who would have filled that seat. Oh, gosh. We're each other's arch enemies. (laughs) Yeah, we look at each other like, why the fuck did you pick this seat? Thinking the same thing. (laughs) But, uh, okay, the reason why I ask is sometimes the movie we're talking about today, it's 1917, and... You watched it at home on Amazon, I'm assuming. I actually uh, purchased it for the first time on YouTube. Oh. Well, YouTube is doing it. Yeah, I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. See, I went to the movie theaters, and I believe this. There are certain movies, hey, movie theaters, great, home, fine. But there are some movies such as Dune. I don't think I watched Saving Private Riot in the movie theaters. Star Wars. Avatar. Avatar. And especially 1719. Unless you watch it in the theater, you will not get the full experience of this. And the main schnick of all 1917 is the continuous long shots. Mm-hmm. Now you just watched it, so l- let me let's uh, let's get your perspective on what you thought about it first, because this is the first time you watched it, right? Right, right. Well, and having known that about you know the film techniques uh, or filming techniques, I was more intrigued by that. I was more focused on that rather than the actual plot. Uh-huh. You know, I didn't find myself caring about the characters or what happened i was just more thinking about the people behind the camera doing everything that they were doing you know oh yeah because what they did was they made it seem like it's a continuous shot Mm -hmm. unlike what they did i mean the other one they did was within bird birdman but their continuous shots was like is from scene to scene but this one is as if you're going on this I forgot how long it was. I think it was an eight-hour. Like a third-person, like a third-person shooter, almost. Right, but there was like a one eight-hour journey continuously, mm-hmm. and for me, the one thing I loved about it is that the tension of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, they definitely they had a good score with certain um, parts where the music's rising and and it, right. I think these guys are gonna get shot out of nowhere or you know exploded. So I mean that they had that element to it. Well, the one part is when you know. Okay, so I've, I've, okay, so you can remember this. They uh, they get the act. They get the mission where they have to go in to get bring this message to like an army. Right, I don't know. I don't know how far it was. Eight, like eight hours away. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they come out, like the, you know, the brother he has like, I gotta get my brother. I got their brother. And then you hear that, doom, 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 doom. and you're like, fuck yeah, we're, <laughs> we're on. Like you know, it's like, like like you said behind. Like it's like a start of a video game where you like you have to first get your supplies. You have to go through all this, and then you have your first mission through it, and. From that get go, I was on. I was like, I'm in the thing. I'm like, yeah, fuck it, let's do this. <laughs> and it it went on and on. And I just I I was so amazed that one it kept you wanting to, like you could experience everything. There's nothing in the shot which that seemed out of place or seemed like even the, the extras on there. Mm-hmm. It seemed like they had they were there for a reason, you know, mm-hmm. because this story was basically, you know, how the story is made first, right? What do, you, what do you mean? Well, Sam Mendes, uh, he was after he did. Uh, I think he did Prisoners. No, he did. You know, he he did Skyfall, and he was wondering, okay, what's his next project? Like he was thinking, like, oh, what I could do this, I could do that. But someone told him, hey, why don't you write your own script? He goes, well, okay, well, what are, what is he gonna do? So uh, the way he came up with 1917 is that he 
remembered stories of his grandfather who fought in the World War One, mm-hmm. and these type of missions would happen where they would send people out, and you don't, you know, of course, you they don't know who will go, but these unknown soldiers. This is why I think it was more important that they didn't need a star cast to be these two, uh, you know, the, the two main, main characters. characters. It was just they're, they're like your everyday person. That's why even if you look in the beginning, even with them getting the mission, it wasn't like, oh, you're the best one around. We need you. It was like, it's actually I, what I liked about it because I'm like, I, I've never, I don't recognize either of the main characters and it was kind of well, good, yeah, good thing. Actually. You see them if you did, if you saw the movies, they're like small world characters. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it starts off with, hey, grab someone and go to the, uh, go to the general. And that, that's how it starts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like. Uh, he was Jane. even like, why did you choose me? Yeah, why did you <laughs> fucking choose me? Uh, so, yeah, this whole mission. Oh, it, do you have a favorite favorite scene? Do you have a, like an interesting uh, part of the movie where it just caught your at full attention or you just wonder, like, what the fuck? Probably, uh, I mean, I don't want to call it a famous scene, but probably the one that everyone knows about where he's running. He gets onto the battlefield and sprints. All the way across, oh. and he run, he's running into extras, but they you know they keep it in in yeah. the film. I thought that was pretty clever actually, because before seeing it, I've seen that scene, uh-huh. and um, I'm just thinking, oh, it's a regular scene. But having known that that one's uh, unscripted was all kind of made it better. Well, talking about that scene, the way they shot it, like you said, is freaking amazing. Yeah. Now, um, how they did it was they okay. First of all, they had to rehearse all this shit before they even before they even got in the film because they had to know because uh, the each shot is about eight minutes long mm-hmm. okay that's a long time i mean if you ask any cinematographer direct a lot of things can happen in eight minutes so you should kind of want to keep your cuts short because you have more leeway into what the the uh the, the what do you call this uh, the uh well the people who cut the film the, uh, yeah, editors, the editors the editors yeah. so when they did that shot they first had it on a jib or uh, crane or cable. Then, well, as he was going up on the on the field, then they, they transferred to four people who were dressed in mm-hmm. army gear. Mm-hmm. Then, while they were pulling back and running, they took it onto a, another, uh, I want to say, with another cameraman and had a car just went down there and they had to do it in four takes. Yeah, they were. I, I remember the director. I think it was saying they were limited to about four takes, but because of all the rehearsals and whatnot, they got they were able to accomplish yeah. just that. You know. Crazy, because then uh, there was a lot of CGI in this film, but there's so much things that could go wrong, and that's why you know they had to take their time and you know figure out the the time, the angles, the explosion, stuff like that. Because again, time is money. Uh, my personal favorite. There's two scenes I love. It's the the trench scene, we know when they first go on to like the battlefield where you see no man's land mm-hmm. and you're looking at it and the camera's just going through every little barbed wires and you can see them go down to like little little um, holes on the gr- craters and it's just like every moment you kind of think like, dude, is this, are there really any Germans around? Are they going to get shot? Like, we don't know because there's only two fucking people. And music's rising at the same time. Yeah. And then when they finally get to that, they put the guns on you're like, oh, okay. It's fine. You know, that part, that scene. I think maybe that's why, like, I haven't, I didn't really feel much, how would you say, tension. Because I think things like, although the way they filmed it is amazing, in my opinion, I think things like cuts and, you know, back and forth, stuff like that, 
kind of create that because if if I can get put in paint a picture, like if you and I are talking about something seriously uh-huh. and it's from a side view, it's not going to be as serious as cutting back and forth to our faces to get our facial expressions, how we're telling a story and whatnot. If you understand what I'm saying, I understand. And I think because of something like that, it didn't really, I didn't see any urgency or feel any urgency. Well, in my opinion, well, my take on that is sometimes what you would do is you would see maybe a person's feet on a cut to a person's feet in the ground, or you'll get a a little hint of that something going around. But at every corner, you never know what's going to be intended because you're at their point of view. So it's like, okay, so if you ever play, put it in a video game sense, in a third person sense, you're on only on, you only have the view of the character and you don't know what's behind you. You don't know what's in front of you. You just, you're going on this one, one path with them. So at any point, I mean, I don't know if you ever seen it. At any point, you can get shot somewhere, and you're like, "What the fuck? Where? Where is it coming from?" You're like swerking around. No, yeah, they're diff- I definitely felt that about the film. I think I just, if it would have happened, I probably wouldn't have been like, "Oh no!" It'd have just been like, "I, I saw that coming." Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I when I watch films like that, especially war films, you know, like I want to be invested. Like Saving Private Ryan was probably one of those where I really hoped that Tom Hanks didn't die. Ugh. But when it happened, it's a sad face emoji. That's the one. That's your death. What? What do you mean? That's the death that you was more like you were sad to die. <laughs> the reason why I say <laughs> well, I, was, I was younger too, so I'm like, well, Tom Hanks was a big, huge character, right? And yeah. For him to die was like, oh my god, Tom Hanks died. I would say in Fury, Brad Pitt's death was kind of. Oh, that that not see that. that one. I they should have oh, that heart, that movie breaks me because they should have just left. But I understand that you. They didn't die, stay there to die because they wanted to fight. It's more like, what else are they going to do? You know, they right, were right. in there for so long. And see, I was a tanker when I was when I served. Oh, so shit. I went to go watch that film, and I'm like, oh, man, they're just hiding. I mean, you know, it's all like kind of looks familiar. It's a yeah. much older, obviously. But as the crew, you know, you just got Is it that tight in there? It's tiny, yeah. No, I mean, not, not as like in the actual tank itself, but as the uh, community of people that's in there you have to be all like in sync in sync right right i yeah. mean I, there's a scene where they had their you know they're in the battlefield and they're shooting the, t- the couple of tanks on there mm. and one the brad's pit like calling like what angles to go and then the other person has to call like just call signs everywhere and you just pulling out and oh it's exactly like that you know there, you got the driver the yeah. loader who's you know obviously loading all the big rounds then the gunner and then the tc and the tc which would be brad pitt yeah giving commands to the gunner the gunner giving commands to the loader because the loader has to load his rounds and then the driver to maneuver and all that so yeah for sure god that gotta be crazy because anything can, can you imagine if one part of that one person lagged and let's say like when you have a shot Someone didn't load it fast enough, and the next you know you're missing the shots, and then you you know you have to redo the whole fucking thing. I can imagine. Typically, when you yell a lot louder and are more stern in that way, it'll work. Well, and and you're kind of at that point a machine. Right, right. Yeah. But getting back with Cap, uh, saving for Iran, I just want to say, the one the death I got pissed off of is when Uppin refused to go in that fucking stairs, and the whole team dies because of his fear. I'm trying to remember the scene. That's when the the, uh, the German guy that they let go earlier ends up going in. And that, yeah, I forgot what his name is. He's in a lot of movies. But he stabbed him, huh? Yeah, and you can just see him like, no, no, no. Yeah, and then yeah. like, oh. And then he ended up getting killed by that guy, though. By the one who let him go. Yeah, he ended up killing him. But you, at that point, I'm like, fuck off. Frontier justice. Well, really, is it? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess. I mean, could have killed more. 
Well, yeah. Stop him in his tracks. I, I want to stop him the first time. I, you know, I don't even know if how much. I mean, I know that whole battle scene has to be fake. Wait. But you know, like there's not a real battle of a uh, of them holding down a bridge. But maybe I mean that's I wouldn't know the accuracies or inaccuracies. Yeah, I didn't know that, that either. But I'm just saying I couldn't imagine only how many people, maybe ten people, hold down a whole army of stuff. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. But it's still it's intense. A movie. <laughs> it, no, yeah, it was still intense. Spielberg, Spielberg, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's when he. I think that that was his. He won for a director, but the movie didn't win for best picture. Or Tom Hanks didn't win for best picture with some other movie. Uh, but back at uh, 1917, uh, great, great movie. I mean, the um, cinematographer was uh, Roger Deakin. He, he, like I told you earlier, he did Skyfall. He also, he now, interesting fact, after he did, they did this movie, they did this other movie called Empire Light, which if you, when you watch that movie, that movie is nominated for best cinematography too this year. Mm-hmm. And, oh my God, this guy is a freaking genius. I mean, I know they work together a lot and they kind of get what they have, but, you know, it's like a cohesive team together. But the, the other other scene that I am blown away is, do you remember the scene where he was running through the city and then there's flares popping up and then there's a big barn house? It was like a, it was a night scene. See, that might have been the time where I was catching oh. some Zs. There was a few oh. times where, where, like, you know, my Bluetooth, or what is it, my soundbar wasn't that loud, but the yeah. times that would, exp- like, explosions would be occurring, it'd be loud. So I wake up. I think I've seen a, a glimpse of something like that. It's well, like we rainy. watched that because the thing with that scene is, one, I think that shot that was shot during the daytime. I'm pretty sure they had to, it's like an overcast. And they do a lot of color correcting to show it at night. But for Roger Deacon and Sam Mendes, uh, Sam Mendes, they did not want to use a lot of lights, you know, because they they knew that at any point the light would, you know, because you need to have big rates of like 1Ks or big lights around the studio to give a good uh, to show everything in there. You can see the you can see the cables. Mm-hmm. You're gonna see it, especially if they're doing a one shot. So what they did was they did natural light, which is they just they just use clouds. The thing that sucks about that is they have to really be like on par with the forecast. You know? Yeah, because at some days, if if the light and, and I mean when uh, Fernando comes back, he will tr- uh, tell you this: is sunlight could be a bitch. I mean, seriously, it, especially because we shot over here on the lake bed, and there was one scene where we were doing, and the light was fine. Whatever it was like eleven o'clock, I think, and all of a sudden the the sun came out of the clouds and it. It was like, up. Oh, it's too bright because it's not color correcting. Like over contrast. Oh, over contrast, yeah. Because mm-hmm. you know, that, I think I think the the time of day you don't want to do is at twelve o'clock because of the light restraint. But on top, on top of that, you're fighting the day. Mm-hmm. So, again, for these guys, what they had, what they did was they bought a, they made a a model of the whole area, and they had to actually like, they had to actually um, measure where. Each actor is going to be on the on the map or on the figurines, and then they use flares that they shot up to con- to show it to be like I guess rockets or whatever, mm. just to get that, that that the right lighting and the right shadows at the right time. So they weren't playing flares in the film; they were a service of light. lighting. Yeah, oh. which is which is crazy to think of because because for us as a 
audience when we're looking at like oh okay well you know it's it, a war is happening they right. must have something going on i get it but when you start looking deep i'm like oh shit that's the only source because you don't see anything like I think a different that, technique yeah that i mean I, I don't know everything about all those the lighting techniques but i've definitely never heard anyone using flares for i have never seen it either mm. and the fact the thing if you know about flares is you know the they go up and they go down you right, know right. it's not a, it's not gonna be a constant light thing, yeah and the angles and trajectories that they had to do just to get the perfect light. So I'm, sh- I don't know how long they took to do it. Probably months. And the one, the great one, of the greatest shots I've seen is when they're stand him. He's standing in front of a barnyard and it's on fire. And when I looked at him, like, that's where they put the light in because I mean I don't know how much they. Use. I I remember it's it, it's tons of one Ks and four Ks. Which is like basically how strong the light is. No, like give it, give it its red lighting. It's well, yeah. yeah, but they also did, they also did do CGI over it just to, you know, to, to pretend to be at a barn. But mm-hmm. with that light and everything, oh, beautiful, beautiful shot, beautiful shot. This is one of those movies that, I, like I said again, you can't. I wouldn't say you can't appreciate. You will appreciate it more in a bigger screen because it's it's a it's a cinema, and I always tell people. You know, there's there's cinemas and there's movies. Yeah, yeah. I have it for the next forty eight hours, so oh. I gotta rewatch it. You know, I don't I don't like. How big is your TV? <sighs> it's terrible. It's uh, what is it? Forty three. That's not. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty far, also. So okay. You know what you do? Like... Just get like a magnifying glass. Get like a big one. <laughs> get yeah, it bigger. Yeah. It might work. No. Like, but Game Boys, like the old Game Boys used to have. You know what's kind of fun? <laughs> I would always want to try to do is get a controller. This is stupid, but I would get a controller. <laughs> And then try to like play as that character just to be more involved, so I'm not bored. So just plug it in your console and act yeah. like you're that character. I'm like, That's yeah, duck, cool. duck. If you're on shrooms or something, it might work really well. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> You'd be your avatar. The uh, the one sad thing. What do you think with the death? Do you saw, I'm okay. So I know how far you got. The death of uh, Blake. Blake. Okay, so when I had watched, when I woke up and I, and I saw the last 25 minutes, he was gone, and I. I said to myself, I said, self, where, where did Blake go? I want to know where Blake went. Yeah. Uh, and I was going to rewind it, but that time I had to leave. So, like I said, I have it for 48 hours now. Oh, I gotta, so you didn't? No, well, I didn't get to see it, but you just spoiled it for me. So, hey. I mean, I kind of expected it already. I mean, he's not there. Where else would he be? He was on the mission as well. Well, that's the thing about his. Okay, I, will, <laughs> I won't tell too much about it. But I, mean, I would say it was a wow factor. It was one of those where I'm like, what the fuck In happened? war, though? No, but that's the thing. That's the genuine thing I love about this is that, okay, so like Saving Private Ryan, right? The deaths were like, uh, they were true, but then they were cinematic. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like when Vin Diesel died, it was more like, okay, he got shot by a sniper. It was like, you know, you saw him slowly die. Yeah. This, a lot of times I know in war, it's just, like you ever seen- um, It was abrupt. Was Band, of, Band of Brothers? I haven't. So Band of Brothers, it was a scene in which they had this whole beginning thing about this one character. And he's talking about his life and what he was doing. And next thing you know, he walks to a, a house, whatever, and then he gets shot in the head. And that's the end of his story. Yeah, those are the worst, kind of. You know, when it's something like you said, like Vin Diesel or even Tom Hanks. it's yeah. like, But when it's just so, like, it's, it's like a little bit more real, you know, because yeah, that's how just, it would be go down in real life. Oh, yeah. So You don't get that. You don't you don't have a, a nice, like, okay, I, a send I know off, it's a nice coming. Send off, yeah. Sometimes it's just like, boom, dead. Yeah. Deal it's, with it. Oh, uh, and then the end. Uh, it, overall, like so, so, we'll we'll go on with like, what do you, from what this, 
is this a type of movie that you can watch? Do you think this is a type of movie you can watch over again? Well, I'm going to watch it over again, but more for, uh, you know, like I, I don't watch it just for the story. I also like to watch it for how it's made. Mm-hmm. So I'll definitely give it a rewatch for that. Um, and hopefully I can but get after it that, you after think- that, I don't know. Something about the long shots is just a little exhausting. It like is. I need the cuts almost. I'm not sure why I haven't dissected it. Well, the one thing I'll say about the, what cuts do, because there is a cut when he fought this famous scene where he jumps off a bridge and go in the water. Yeah. And it kind of looks funny actually. It does. And then you, if you see special features, it, it looks weird. <laughs> you can tell like that's like, I was like, Oh, okay. We got to cut. But it does give you a break. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's only so much so much action and intensity that you can have until you're like, okay, fucking please stop. You know, please give me a That's what it is. It almost feels like you're on the journey. So it's like, man, like, yeah, like just pause, following this guy around. Yeah, can I pause this game for once? Yeah, for sure. Like, do you remember um, Mission Impossible, the newest Mission Impossible? I've only watched the first one. You, you've you never watched, uh, what was what was the last one he did? But you never seen it with Henny Cavill? Mm-mm. Ah, oh, okay. That fucking movie. I swear to God. The whole movie, I'm wondering, how is this going to end? Like, I've, I, the one thing about, I love about some movies, which I've uh, watched, is I go in there blind, meaning mm-hmm. I don't, I don't watch no trailers. I don't look at anything about the movie. It's I have the like, best way sometimes. Yeah. It is. But most, one of the most frustrating because, you're like okay. If you're let down, you're let down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I you know. I get you. But no, it's good. And so, with certain films like gems, it's really good to go in like that. Gems. Like gem of a movie. Gem of a movie. Like, oh, it's a okay. Great film. You know. Yeah. Yeah, because like okay, so like this week I watched uh, Ant Man: Quantumania. I did not know anything about that movie. You know, I know like the premise. I get to go down there, but the whole time I'm in the theater, I'm like, how is this gonna fucking end? Like, they can't kill Kang. They're going to kill Kang. Mm-mm. Ant-Man's not going to beat Kang. There's no way. He's a, he's a, he's like a C superhero. So as the movie goes along, and, I'm, and at the final end, you're like, oh, okay. I can, you know, I don't want to spoil it, but it, for me, see, a lot of people, they're like, they're saying, well, I can't believe Ant-Man killed, uh, beat him. But I'm like, well, he didn't really beat him, but. Like, subdued him. Yeah, like you know he's gonna come back. Yeah, well, yeah, he has a whole dynasty ahead of the in the MCU. So yeah, so he's the next Thanos, mm-hmm. and people are like, well, now there's a whole bunch of King Dynasty. I'm like, no, this he's gonna come back. I only want to see that film because movie. I don't even I won't call it. I'll just say movie because uh, how bad Modok looks. Oh my god! <laughs> Why? Okay, it's just laziness, I guess. Well, okay, in my so, opinion. So you know that he's in the film. I've seen him, yeah. So spoiler, Modoc is in there. Everybody knows about that. He's in the trailer. He's See again, I went in there blind. So when I saw that, I'm like, fucking Modoc. <laughs> and then when they made him into a comedian cuz it's and I'm like a, co- a comic relief. I'm like, okay, well this is the Pat Oswalt uh you know the one on Hulu. The one what would do with me? Uh, the Hulu has a show called uh, Modoc. Oh, I know, I know of it. Never watched it. So stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's ridiculous. He's like a family man trying to get back his wife, and he's like, it, it's, it's, but it's done in like robot chicken. If you know that type of theme. You know what the acronym Modoc stands for? Yeah, they said it, but I can't. I did not remember. And they made him a family man. Yeah. That's interesting. 
I think it's like mechanism only designed to kill, kill or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. Okay, there you go. Hmm. See, look, this is this is why you're here to remember <laughs> shit that I don't. But yeah, so when he came on screen, I'm like, okay, I guess they're going for that version. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't have. Do you have any attachment to it? Any any MCU characters really? It's a sad story, really. I mean, I, I have up until the past three films, oh God, four films. Right. Then I'm like, it, it's just I don't know. The stories are not just they're just not driving anymore. They're in autopilot, so to speak. Really, it just seems like they know people like myself are going to go and pay for them. So just make whatever. I mean, even a lot of the effects artists speak about how how time was rushed you know there was no love put into it they're just basically on a time schedule now and they don't get to put their full um work into whatever films ant-man is one of them for sure well yeah because now they're just trying to go into phase five yeah yeah so I, they're missing the main ingredient which was love for those films which uh, well here's my thing Ar- they never thought that iron man like iron man the first iron man did so well that now they was able to do Iron Man too, mm-hmm. and then they did Thor, which I don't know what's your opinion about the first two Thors. They were meh. I, I actually liked them much more than what Thor is now. Do you like wait, Dark? What was the one? Like Dark, Dark World. Dark World. Yeah, first one just Thor, and second one Dark World, third Ragnarok, and then Love and Thunder was just horrendous. Yeah, well that's just because they went too jokey. I mean, the fact Taiki, that... What is his name? Uh, Tiki Watihi? Yeah, that guy. I'm he, not a fan of his. Really? Yeah. Have you seen uh, Jojo Rabbit? I have. What? I did, I not I not, your, not into it, yeah. Not my style of comedy, I guess. Well, I mean, when you try to make a, tra- a comedy and tragic... I mean, it's his version of trying to cope with what happened back in the, in the Holocaust days, but again... You know Mar- Martin McDonough? Uh, what do you do? Uh, he just came out with the Banshees of Inisherin. Oh, see that type of humor. He he does it well. He does it comedy wait. with humor. I mean, comedy with humor, comedy with drama. With wait, so you've seen Banshees of Inisherin? Yeah, he's one of my favorite directors. So okay, so we were going to talk about um, Birdman, but let's just let's talk about that <laughs> because right. I mean, what do you think of that? Because it was a a take on Irish folklore, right? Uh, it vague. I mean. I don't want to say the whole story, just... Uh, well, we can give a summary, because it's basically about two friends, two people who are friends, and then one day, one guy didn't want to, uh, he was like, hey, I'm going to, I don't want to be friends with you, mm-hmm. and now, like, which, uh, uh, it's, the other friend is Colin Farrell, right. and he's like, I don't want to be friends with you, and then next thing you know, his, he's just starting going crazy, like, why, why, what happened, what did I do, what did I do, you know? Yeah, it's it's a lot with Martin McDonough's films. There's a, like so much to impa- uh, unpack there. You'd have to give it a good maybe two three watches to find every little detail in it. But uh, it's a kind of it's a dark comedy. Yeah, a lot of his a lot of his are yeah. And the fact that I could not, I don't see, I didn't see the comedy in that. What's that? I thought it was a tragic. It is, it is, but you know, just like everything, but you know, there's there's comedy with the within the subtleties of life. You know, uh, I can't really give you an example right now, but Wait, that film is full of them. It, it was. And I think the whole main, I didn't know it was a really, who's trying to talk about the the Civil War in uh, Ireland, which I didn't know there was a Civil War in Ireland. Yeah, it touches vaguely on it. Um, you know what the fucked up part? Now, this is, again, we only talk about spoilers, so if you don't, if you didn't watch it, watch it on HBO Max. Yeah. When do you care the fucking donkey? Like what's the what's what's I don't up think with that? he deliberately did it. I think the donkey. Well, 
can I even? I think the duck ate something bad. We both know what that was. Uh, and maybe choked. I don't think it was like. How Did would you know? No. How would you kill somebody? How would you kill a donkey with the, with that? You know what I mean? I don't know. Like. That'd be like if your dog, you know, somebody left that on the floor and your dog ate it. Probably be bad for it, right? Well, yeah, but still, yeah, you can not do that. I mean, it, it was, uh, well, let me see who that. Coleman Doherty, who was pl- played by Brendan Gleeson. He, he plays a lot of mob bosses. Like, it's, it's, he's a bigger Irishman. Yeah, yeah. But what do you, okay, first of all, well, yeah, I mean, the whole, fa- the whole thing about it is that they don't, they don't really talk about the di- di- disagreement. Or was there really a, did he really explain, wh- I mean, when I watch it, he was just like, I don't, I just don't want to hang out with you no more. Well, that's what I like about this guy's films because, you know, if you really, as a person, you know, if you, like, like uh, Fernando had mentioned before, you know, I like to submerge myself into these characters based on what's going on, what's going on. And as far as what I could see with his character, it seems like he's kind of going through his own little, sp- I don't know, spiritual, spiritual journey, if you may, and he just wants peace, be left alone, kind of figure out himself. And, and that he felt the need to rid of anything that no longer served him in a positive manner, you know, which was his friend who just talked about whatever, like to get drunk. Yeah. And so, you know, in that aspect, I I can understand that and like coincide with it. And then even on the other side, I can uh, be, uh, how would you say, I can have sympathy for Colin Farrell's uh, character because seemingly so in that movie he's always been around people always had people with him you know yeah. so being left alone in, in that movie he loses everything you know so being left alone he's forced to like look in within himself and have to, forced to cope with that you know forced to learn about himself in that way yeah because i mean you, i would say not everyone likes to ha- likes I mean, there's some people they just want to be fucked up left alone like don't talk to me whatever just let but some people they they, they crave that the, yeah, that connection. They, yeah, absolutely. It's um, I mean, I think we it's all need other human inter- interaction. But for those people, it's like it's almost like a state of panic when you don't have it. Yeah. You know? And like that's how some people need acknowledgement for doing something. Like, right, right. Like you know that one person who always goes to their boss like, "Hey, boss, I did this." You know. Right. They need positive affirmations to feel good within you know about who they are, what or, they are. Or uh, how I would see nowadays is people who do uh, like call it wokeness oh you know you're a homophobe you're doing this you know they they maybe i'm not saying all of them but it seemed like they have to have be part of the in crowd and if they don't it's like they don't know what to do fucking do with themselves right just yeah i no, i totally understand that it's a lot of uh how would you say sense of false irrelevance yeah. in, in a manner in a way you know but no yeah that film touches heavily on that and that's a big um element about it that i liked it doesn't even have a nice ending because I mean, everyone it does technically. I mean, he learns how to accept yeah, that situation rather than being in that state of anxiety and all that. You know. Yeah, but his friend loses his. How much fingers did he lose? His whole damn hand. <laughs> he loses. No, oh, he he kept his thumb, did he? No, he he cut them all off. Oh my god. Yeah. You know, at that point, when you just cut your whole hand off, not don't leave the, not just your fingers. Yeah, just a nugget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at I least mean, you can like at least you can like put like a. A hook on it or something make it something useful now it's just like a stub yeah i mean no more fiddle for him <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty good at it and he was yeah. i mean people loved what he did i just ah, uh, i don't know this type of movie okay, let's see what else he did he did uh banshees three bear uh, billboards i never uh, seen that that's an amazing movie as well 
Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, all his films have those same elements. It's like a, a heavy drama with dark comedy. See, in my it. The favorite one I love is Seven, Seven Psychopaths. Mm, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, my other favorite one is uh, In Bruges. That's the first film of his I've seen. Okay, that one I know. I've never seen that. That's that's one of the – I'll say it's number number one for me is it, out of all his but films. But it's more of a like British uh, – Irish gangster movie, isn't it? Mm, I wouldn't say gangster. They're both they're both hitmen on like in hiding. Oh. And within that, they go they dive deep into their own their inner uh, issues and whatnot. See, it's funny how these how directors how they, they like you said they're on. It seems like they are going through a spiritual journey because yeah, they always sure. have the same type of themes that mm-hmm. they have on this. Yeah, it's like there's a, a really heavy realism behind the characters. Now, uh, what do you think? Okay, so I know. Okay, so this movie is uh is actually nominated for Best Picture. In Bruce? Yeah. Oh, uh, no. Banshee of Inisherin. Yeah. But I has they won awards. I mean, they won uh, they won uh, Oscars. Did they have Oscars? No, uh, no, they're nominated for Oscars. They're, they're nominated, nominated for, for Best Picture. Colin Farrell's na- nominated for, uh, I think he's, he's a supporting. Mm-hmm. Um, best Director. I don't think he's, he's not going to win. Be- I don't think he's going to win Best Director. He should. I mean, this, is, this will be his first uh, big time, like, ex- exposure, I think. Yeah. He's a pretty underground director. For the most part, I think. Yeah, but see, I, uh, the competition is way too steep on this one. I just think people are overlooking his his the way he tells stories, man. They're really in depth, at least for me. No, it it's true, but Steven Spielberg, he's nominated. Uh, the director, the Daniels are nominated for best uh, for every everywhere, everyone, all at once. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a stiff, stiff competition for best director. I don't think there's um I'm trying to see even for best picture, I mean in, in my opinion it may. I don't know. Could you think? I think it could still. I think it could still best picture. Well, you know, I've never even know. I, I've always been curious about what p- best picture is. You know, it sounds funny, and I'm sure I'm totally incorrect. But I've always thought it was like the thumbnail to the, or you know, the um, the cover to the film. I know that's incorrect. It's just a funny thought. Cover of the film. You know. Oh, you thought that was like actually. No, I didn't think that, but like that's the first thing I think. Obviously, because the word picture is in there, you know. Yeah. Uh. Well. Yeah. No. It's the the whole, whole production of what the film is. So it goes down to reading uh, the the writing influence in in the world, the the nuance of the storytelling. Just overall the the movie. Yeah. How you did everything. But it's just basically yeah, it is everything. Mm But also, how is made? Um, I can't. Find, oh, here we go. Best picture. Um, All Quiet in the Western Front. Avatar, which I, mm. as great as Avatar is, not going to win this year. Elvis got nominated. The Fablemans. Um, Elvis, which I don't know how that won. Top Gun is nominated. I have yet to watch that. Tar got nominated. Tar is. I have you seen Tar with Kate Blanchett? Yeah. I, I've I wanted to see it. I've heard magnificent things about that. Especially about her performance. That's all. Yeah, I don't know what the story's about. I think she's an artist, a dancer or something. She's she knows she's a conductor. Mm. But again, she's she's a she's almost a lock to win it win the Oscar for best uh actress or Michelle Young. The I one bunch of them. She is pretty good. Yeah, she used to scare me in Lord of the Rings when I was a kid. Ugh. You remember that scene? Oh uh, Gladio? I don't know her name, but she's like all in white and her eyes are black and she's yelling. Yeah, at glad, Frodo. yeah glad you're all. Yeah, they used to scare me. <laughs> that, well, okay, so 
Like I, do you see Blue Jasmine from her? Mm-mm. Oh, because she plays as I won't. Uh, who, 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 I think it's a Woody Allen film, but she plays as this uh this woman who married who married this rich guy uh, Alec Baldwin, and they were you know she was a snotty person. She she uh. She disowned her sisters. They stole money from them. Just like I want, just I'm the best person in the world. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, her husband dies, and now she has to move in back with her sister. But she is so such a bitch. Like, so, you <laughs> know, I mean, not one. Okay, I don't know if you know a type of person who all they think about is themselves and how, like, oh, you know, this uh, this is not the right. Uh, tuna, you know, the tuna I got from is like... Yeah, I think you know, we all do, yeah. Yeah, we had the one person who has to have all the fancy shit. Love that person. But now that she doesn't have any money, she still has that mentality. Mm-hmm. So now that she, she doesn't know how to be poor or doesn't even know how to have any skills. She's bougie, some might oh, say. Oh, she's so bougie, but she's crazy bougie. Mm. And the ending of this film, oh, crazy. She gets kicked out by her sister because... Her sisters were like, "I'm, I'm fucking done with you. You're, you're, you're just causing no nothing but trouble." Who's the sister? Um, no one famous. I can't remember. Well, she's famous. She's in a movie. No, it's not. It's not. Like, it's not like. No one noteworthy. You would say because Di- uh, Andrew Dice Clay is the, is her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I'll I'll find it in a second. Um, but she she goes. Uh, she gets kicked out, and she has nowhere to go. So she's in her nice fancy little dress, whatever. And she sits on a bench and she's just talking, just talking to herself, you know, about her life, or just random things about how her rich life, whatever. And people are just like, just she now becomes the crazy lady in the park, mm-hmm. which we all know that crazy lady in the park. That that's that, me on my patio. Oh my! We're having full blown conversations with myself. Which, yeah, but see, at least you're in your own apart in your own space. Oh you're yeah, not, I'm not like, out in public. Yeah. You know the bird lady. You know, you yeah, know, yeah, Mary yeah. Poppins, <laughs> yeah. the one that just talks like randomly. Mm-hmm. That's what she becomes, which is which is like, wow, this is a tragic movie. Like we all, like, can you imagine knowing someone that we all see in a park going crazy and just talking to stuff, and you don't know what life they had before. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, see that with homeless people, but you know what life they have. Oh well, yeah, especially now, you know, in other place where they just smoke, you know, yeah. on the side, and just doing their shit, and there's a lot of crazy stuff. But well, <laughs> we got we off tangent on the bad <laughs> sheet. No, but I, 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 this is an underrated movie. I, it's a beautiful movie. It has, I don't know. If, okay, so before we even talk more. Is this a rewatchable movie? Like, what would you rent it from? Let's say ABC grade. Which one are we talking about again? We t- we just went over so many films. Oh God. Uh, let's first go nineteen seventeen. Is it a? You know, you gave me a number scale. No, we're doing. We'll do grades. Grades. Um. Well, I mean, even though I didn't, I uh, wasn't into the plot. I also appreciate the way films are made. So probably like a, an A. You know, as far as taking all the efforts that it took to make a film that the, this guy wanted to make it. So I'll, that's I, my take on it. For me, this is an instant classic. This is one of those films that buy the DVD. Every film student should, you know, one of those movies where like, uh, every film student should learn like Jaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about Psycho, but uh, it's where, like fundamentals are, are being presented. Oh yes. Uh, any Hitchcock movies. Mm-hmm. This is the type of film that you kind of want to study because when you have situations, in especially in film industries, and you have to f- problem solve. Okay, we have this idea of what how are we going to do it? 
how are we going to achieve it? Mm-hmm. And you can, you know, it's a great way to think of how to, how you do it. Maybe I also got robbed uh, considering I didn't watch it in theaters. The Because, like I said, certain parts woke me up all crazy. And I'm like, bam, like my... my Speaker's pretty low. These explosions got to be loud, right? Oh, yeah. It's it's fucking... It, it, at no point was I ever bored. I was just... The whole time I'm thinking, holy shit, is he, is he going to make it? it? Right. And even at the end, when uh, he gets... He gives a message, message to, the, to the general. They're like, uh, this is fake. Well, we can't do it until he persisted. So mm-hmm. he saves a lot of people. Well, I mean, they, they tend to release a lot of films, random films in theaters. So if they ever do that, I'll definitely catch it. Yeah. If they put it back in there, mm-hmm, like IMAX or something, oh, you know the cra- oh I even with the t- I I forgot the ending scene that which which he is my favorite. Tree. He sits back on the tree, mm-hmm. which is basically which for me it's like this is the daily life of every single fucking warrior in at that time. Like he just waiting for the next mission. Yeah. yeah, this is why I this is a plus. This is a, I guess a, an instant classic. Buy the DVD, not learn about it. Just you can we can it's it's. May not be totally rewatchable, mm-hmm. but it is more rewatchable than Saving Private Ryan. I could tell you that. Cause I can't. I love that movie, but it gets it. You get it's sad at the end. Yeah, like I said, I just think that the the long I don't know what is it called panning. Yeah. Uh, lo- long takes. Long takes. It just felt like I was there. So like it's exhausting. Like oh man. Like, yeah. Just give me a. Like well, you, you said, give me a break. Yeah, you give you a break. You only yeah. get, you only get one. You only get no. You get two. Yeah, especially because like I feel like I don't want to close my eyes. You know, I'll, there were certain times, um, especially when I was nodding off. So it'll be behind, following him behind. Uh, I'll nod off, wake back up, and the the scene is now from the front. And I'm oh. like, I missed the trend. Like, did they? In my mind, I know there's no cuts, but I'm like, did they cut? Like, how do they even transition? And that would bug me, like not seeing the okay, transition. Okay, so easiest. Okay, so this is how they do it. So in film, basically, you have to want to you have to go the same angle for you know for okay editing process. Mm-hmm. So when they put it on when they're so everything was on a stabilizer, which means basically the camera guy had it on this um, I don't, I don't say rod, but has it like it's it's like on a like a gimbal no like on a jib like on a jib or a you know um, it's he has it on a stabilizer. That's mm-hmm. the best way to call it. Mm-hmm. And he basically had to move along with them and basically walk next to him and then walk in front of him. The The thing with this movie that Sam Mendes and uh, Robert Deckard said is that they have to always be moving forward. Mm-hmm. So they always have to either be next to it, side of it, or them going in front of it and walking, you know, walking in front of it. So they had to play this dance, which is why, again, one of those films that when you start watching it, you can see the techniques of how to get around certain projects, uh, certain scenes, mm-hmm. if you don't have it available. Right. Um, so, yeah, I I love this movie. Um, how about uh, Banshees of Inner Sharon? Oh, I, I've, the day it came out, I watched it because I couldn't wait for it. The fo- following weeks, I probably watched it about three or four times. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, like I said, you know, with his films, you gotta. there's a lot to unpack. So. Yeah. I watched it twice. Mm-hmm. And I still don't get it, so I have to, I have to do it again. Uh, how would you let's let's rate this uh, movie real quick? Banshees. Yes. I mean, of course, I'm gonna give it a. Now, do you I have to? Yeah, he's. Uh, I don't know. His films, they're always grasping. Now, this is Something on HBO Max. Away. Is it one of the ones where you will buy it on uh, Amazon? Yeah. Well, I mean, and 
when I have to, like you said, it's on HBO yeah, Max, so, so I can just go back and watch it when I go home if I wanted to. Yeah. Would you? Is this a full a full buy or a? No, it's a full buy. Definitely. Um, if they had if they had it in 4K too, because the cinematography in that film is also very beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful too. Yeah, and Sharon is a nice little well, spot. Ireland's beautiful. Like, yeah. why not show the land of it? That's one of my places I want to visit. That's a, actually a very secluded um island that they're on right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's great. Yeah. I'll give it a B. Okay. Only because I just it's just not my cup of tea, but I appreciate what the film is saying and how the, what the director's trying. To, it took me a while. Like I, I'm not I'm not gonna be honest. I had to literally go on YouTube and say, "What's the fuck? What's this movie about?" <laughs> Which sometimes movie you have because they're so complex, you don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, well, well, guys, that's our uh, that's our uh, rating for these. I know as we've been talking about all these different types, but. Hey, you know, that's how we run sometimes, you know. That's movie talks. Yeah, that's movie <laughs> talks. But uh, again, uh, this is Daniel. This is Ernest. And uh, we'll hope to see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Uh, don't Just before we go, uh, we have a new YouTube channel, uh, Movie Talks LV. That's on YouTube. Uh, we were getting on TikTok. We were having our little shorts around. So give us a follow. Give us, uh, you know, put some comments, likes. Like, share, subscribe. Yeah. And uh, again, hope to see you guys next uh, next week. Good night.